This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Let's talk with Aaron Torres on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. He joins us every Friday here. Aaron, how's uh, how's your world treating you these days? World is treating me great. A uh, little cold and rainy here in California. Um, uh, today's good. We had a lot of rain yesterday, a lot of rain tomorrow. But, hey, you know what rain means? Just bundle up and watch basketball, as you just said, Phil. But everything else is good otherwise. You know, it's a little bit of a slower time kind of on the national scene. College Hoops hasn't really picked up yet. So, But, you know, to your point, Credit to the powers that be at these TV networks. No football this weekend obviously makes for a great, great, great Saturday and Sunday of, of basketball. Yeah, you got a ton of really good games that you could uh, that you could focus on. Uh, some ranked matchups. Um, I want to know what you think of South Carolina right now. This is a team that uh, beat Arkansas. By the way, first, so how long have we been doing this for? This has to be the first time you've ever asked me about South Carolina basketball. We've been doing this what, like eight years, seven yeah. years? Yeah. Got to be the first time, right? Yeah, but there—I mean, they're, there's a reason why they—they're part of the talk of the SEC right now. Lamont Jordan has turned them around, and look at this team that was picked last in the SEC. I think the preseason predictions don't really haven't meant something for a long time. Now they really don't mean anything, but they can straight up D up. And if you get a win in Knoxville, yeah. just a week after you beat Kentucky, people are going to stand up and take notice. Carolina's for real. I think a thousand percent, and it was funny, you know, seeing the the reaction from Big Blue Nation after that loss two weeks ago. I remember sitting there saying, you know, guys, like this is a real team. Now, I didn't think they were going to Knoxville, so I'm not going to try and pretend and take credit for that. But why I bring it up, what I would give them credit for more than anything, I think they more than any other team make you play. <clears throat> excuse me, make you play their game. Um, you know, every every team in the SEC is a little bit different. Styles are a little bit different, whatever. But what stands out to me about them, and this is why I thought they, they had real success against Kentucky and why I didn't think they would have success against um, uh, Tennessee because Tennessee kind of plays a sort of similar style. They're going to play super slow. They're going to get back in transition. They're not going to let you get a lot of transition points. And they are going to make you play in the half court in a slow style of game. They're going to get rebounds. They're going to defend. It's just, I haven't seen a team, because every team says, oh, yeah, we, we defend and we hit the boards and we're going to limit transition points. It's like, but when it's time to do it, not every team can do it. And so I give them credit because I think they make you play their game as well as anybody in college basketball. And I'll say this, I think it's a little early to really start looking at, okay, realistic, you know, who's going to win uh, just because of the schedule. There's still so much of the season. But you start to look at the schedule, they have it kind of imbalanced in a way where actually a lot of their tougher games are basically behind them. And I don't think it's inconceivable that we could be talking about South Carolina basketball as your SEC regular season champ. As I said, a long way to get there, but I don't think it's inconceivable. Man, that would be crazy. Yeah, I think Tennessee's still the most talented team. Auburn's so, they're, they're so deep as well. Uh, another team I like is, is Florida. They, you talk, talk about a different than South Carolina. They're going to fast break. They got athletes everywhere. If I was to ask you, Aaron, Florida or Kentucky? I know Florida just went into Kentucky and, and beat them, but which one of those teams do you think has the, uh, the better upside? 
Well, Kentucky was without two starters. Now, one of the starters is not playing well, and I don't think the fan base was particularly upset that he didn't play the other day. I would still probably say Kentucky, but but it was funny. I, I was watching Florida on last Saturday. They were playing Georgia at home, and they were up by a million points, and they kind of blew the lead and whatever. And I said, I said, this is one of the 25 most talented teams in college basketball. And they were, I don't do a ton of bracketology this time of year, but they were kind of Lenardi's like last four out, first four in, whatever. And I said, if this team does not make the NCAA tournament, and obviously if nothing major happens, that is a direct indictment on that coaching staff. And so credit to them. They, they, they held on against Georgia. They took care of business against Kentucky on, on, on Wednesday night. And I, I really think when you start talking about teams, because when you get to the NCAA tournament, everybody focuses on a lot of different things. But one thing that I always look for, can you win a high-scoring game? Because there are certain teams that they can be great in the regular season against inferior competition. Then it gets to be go time come tournament time. Can you put the ball in the basket? At some point, you're going to have to score 85, 90 points to win a game. And obviously, Florida can absolutely do that. So, so they're a team that, and it's not just because they beat Kentucky. I really like their personnel. And I really think if they do get into the tournament, they can give somebody fits, and I think they're going to give whoever they play in the SEC fits going forward the rest of the regular season. So I was, I was looking at this schedule here. I mean, this is this is a crazy Saturday. Houston at Kansas, uh, Duke at North Carolina, Iowa State at Baylor, Tennessee at Kentucky. My gosh, I mean, these these are blockbuster ball games. So many of them are in the Big 12. Uh, which one of these games stands out to you? Which are you most excited about? Well, I'll give you another one, too. Um, UConn going to St. John's, obviously St. John's with Rick Pitino. They played earlier. Right, it was right before Christmas, so a lot of people didn't watch it. And bluntly, it was in Connecticut. And St. John's probably, I don't want to say they should have won that game, but they absolutely could have won that game. And so I just bring it up because even that game with the number one team in the country, I think it, it is going to have some challenges. I bring it up to say, as far as the other games, Listen, Duke Carolina is interesting because they're obviously the biggest brands in the ACC, but that doesn't always mean you're the best teams. And this year they are the two best teams. One game separates them in the loss column. So this is very much for first place in the league. Um, and so that one intrigues me. But I'll also say this from the Kentucky perspective, and, and, and you know I love coming on your guys' show because you follow the whole conference, is if Kentucky loses this game at home, I, I will say – I think the fan base was really, really enjoying the first half of this year. Um, but Wednesday night, that loss to Florida in the manner in which it happened, you had a lead. You could have followed up three. You decide not to. You end up forced, you know, they end up forcing overtime, losing in, in, um, in overtime. This is starting to feel a lot like the last couple of years, guys. It really is uh, the situation where, um, you know, uh, you know, Trending, you know, you're going to make the tournament, but are you really a threat? You're trending towards like a four, five, six seed. And as we know, with that fan base, that's not good enough. And so you lose this game. You're now, I think, five and four in SEC play, something like that. You're very much behind the eight ball. It's just, if they lose that game, it's going to be real, real, real headaches for that coaching staff coming out of the weekend. So those two games intrigue me, but I would say those two are definitely the most uh, I would say Kentucky probably has as much at stake as anybody in the country this coming weekend. You know, Arkansas, they've they've been inconsistent down to who what point guard's gonna play. He might play thirty four minutes one game and then then be a healthy scratch to the next game. 
has Arkansas found something? Have, have they came together a little bit and, and kind of solidified anything that, that makes you think they could go on a little run here? You know, I, I don't want to get anybody anybody's hopes up, but I kind of do, you know. Um, and I said this after the Kentucky game is – so historically what Coach Muss has done, and I'm not an, an X's and O's expert and I'm not going to claim to be, but basically he really always has had that guy, even dating back to the Nevada days, that he can put the ball in that guy's hands late and that guy can just go make plays, get to the rim attack. You know, it was Mason Jones one year at, at Arkansas. It was obviously J.D. Note last year with Anthony Black. And so I bring it up because I don't know if he really knew who that guy was through the early part of the season, it feels like Tremont Mark has kind of been that guy and become that guy the last two games. And even in the Kentucky loss, um, you know, I thought he played well, even though he did not get the win. And so he was obviously great offensively against Missouri the other night. Um, and, and again, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not going to start projecting out what the rest of the season looks like, but I do think you can absolutely go to LSU, get a win, um, and really build some momentum going into to the next couple weeks. Um, if you do, if you do beat LSU, I do think you can build some momentum. So, yes, I, I have seen something. As I've said a few times, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too high because I don't want to be that guy that, that you know oversells and underdelivers or whatever. But I do feel a little bit better about this team than I did probably a week or so ago. Can you make everybody feel a little better about the idea of Mustang at Arkansas? Aaron, this has been a crazy weird. I mean, regardless of, of outcomes of basketball games or everything, I mean, there are rumors about stuff that's happened in and out of the locker room. People are nervous that Mus is looking for jobs somewhere else. You know, they're, 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 you, you talked to, I don't think you've connected him to Louisville necessarily, but we're expecting Louisville to open up. That could start a chain reaction. You know, peop, nobody wants Mus to leave here. Nobody does. Well, and I think that's an important message in a, in a turbulent season, if you will, is, and I think fans, I think 99% of fans get that. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I, all I'll say is this, is that, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, obviously everybody hears whispers, and, and, you know, one thing about our jobs is, you know, you got to be careful about what whispers you come on air and talk about and what, which ones you don't. Um, and I just bring it up solely to say, you know, you start to hear stuff, and it was crazy because I went on a, another show in Arkansas a few days ago, and they just kind of openly asked me about it, and I didn't know it had gotten that far. And so, to me, I, I still think, look, there, there are some really elite jobs that could potentially be available, including Louisville, that if you get that phone call, you at least have to listen. Um, but to be clear, just because Louisville opens doesn't necessarily mean that he would be the, the top candidate, or, you know, who knows, you know, it's... I think what I would say is a couple things, and cut me off if I'm going wrong, guys, is one, whatever job it is, you got to be a candidate to actually get it. You know, I think that's some of the interesting conversation about Chris Beard as well. Um, but two, I also think when you're losing, stuff like this starts to come out, and, and everybody's frustrated, and so maybe if you can get a little bit on, on, on a little bit of a winning streak, maybe that changes some things. And then I think the other thing is finally this, is that it's easy to sit there and say, you know, I, this place is better, that place is better, whatever. I think we all know that Coach Muss has proven that Arkansas is a pretty good place to, to, to coach and have success. And so I just think that it's easy in January to speculate, oh, man, things are going sideways. Everybody needs a fresh start or whatever. When, it, when push comes to shove and, you know, 
and I, I, a job actually opens up and you kind of get behind the hood and see what's available and what's not, I think it makes it a little tougher. Again, if I'm going wrong, forgive me, but I'll just give you a quick example. Like I saw something about Arizona State the other day, okay? Arizona, Tempe is a beautiful area. Arizona State next year will be in the Big 12, and I would argue it might be the worst job in the Big 12 next year. So that's just one example. I don't know what Coach Muss is interested in. I don't know if he's interested, but I've obviously heard the rumors like everybody else. But I think it's easy to speculate in January. I think it's a lot tougher to leave, especially a very good spot like Arkansas, come mid-March, late March, whenever all those jobs will open. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Neil Atkinson joining us from Bet Sarazen, Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. And you know what? It isn't even close. They blew away all the other apps. They got all the bets you're looking for right now. NFL championship game, which we call the Super Bowl here. Um, NBA basketball, college basketball weekend is going to be huge. College baseball preseason props, Major League Baseball preseason props, and it's all on your Apple iPhone, Google Android, any web browser, betsarazin.com. Good afternoon, Neil, with the day before great basketball games tomorrow. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. I am doing fantastic, and it's, a, and it's great. It's another Friday. I'm on with Matt and, and, and you and uh, talking about uh, what we've got coming up on the weekend and Super Bowl and everything, and uh, it's just a great time for sports betting. Very busy time for me, but it's also a very fun time to see uh, what all we're able to do and be creative around the, the Super Bowl. I can say Super Bowl when I'm talking about it, but I just yeah. can't put it in print. <laughs> it's kind of funny, these little media deals, but we, we got different ways around it, so uh, we navigate it pretty good. Yeah, we all know what you mean when you when you say uh, NFL championship game. I think we have a sense of that. So, um, But the Super Bowl isn't for a couple of weekends, and tomorrow's all, all about college basketball, man. I mean, you got top 25 matchups. Six or seven of them, including uh, one here in the uh, in the in the SEC with Tennessee and Kentucky. So uh, feels like this weekend. Yeah. Well, football takes center stage in a couple of weekends. It's all basketball starting tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a, tomorrow's an exciting day. I mean, you look at both Tennessee and uh, Kentucky, and both of them are coming off of a recent losses, and both of them both and two of those recent losses were both by South Carolina. So. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I know we were talking about what Arkansas has to do to get in, and um, you know they may be facing where they have to win the tournament to get in is, is probably the likelihood. Of course, me as a bookmaker, I am rooting for that because if they're in the tournament, it creates that much more interest. So I'm absolutely rooting for them to, to turn it around uh, the second half of the season and hope that can happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this weekend is really all about college uh college basketball because there's not there's not we're not going to be doing anything with the pro bowl this weekend just the way they do the format yeah there used to be there used to be um you used to be able to put money on the pro bowl because it used to be a real game it's just i mean how can you 
Yeah. You can't really you can't really set odds on some of these competitions that they're doing for these Pro Bowl games, right? Yeah, not really because you know a lot of those skills competitions are being pre-recorded, and so and then they have the flag football games. But there is a point scheme where points carry over from some of the skill competitions and from the earlier flag football games. So it's really, really hard to set a fair line and, and, and price that right. And, and if you can't do it and it's too hard, I'm not going to offer it because I'm only going to offer it if I offer a fair, you know, a fair value for my, for, for my players. So um, until they get that format, you know, but it's more of an exhibition. It's more of a fun event. It's in Orlando this year, and uh, it's more entertainment than it is a, than it is a sport. And um, you know, and, and and it's just really not conducive to betting in that particular format. We've seen Arkansas now, um, and I forget what the line was four games ago. But they've been the underdog three games in a row, and yeah. a six and a half point underdog tomorrow at LSU. And it's just got to be also a little bit difficult um, when you're setting the lines because. You, you don't necessarily know the availability of some players, or I guess by now maybe you do. You know, you, you kind of have a sense. Trevin Brazil has been practicing. He won't play. Debo Davis isn't on the team, so maybe that does help a little bit. It helps and then it doesn't help because, you know, we we actually on, on our self-created specials because we create all that uh, content in-house, we actually kind of changed over to using only SEC stats, you know, um, uh, once conference play because there was – you know, I can see a difference when when we started in conference play and then before, and 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 some of the things that happened with the team, and then the shooting just absolutely went. I mean, absolutely went. Uh, you know, pretty challenging for them. So, um, you know, we kind of adjusted a lot of the double R props, and and, and even a lot of those weren't have, were not having the hit frequencies that they had before. But the last game, boy, they turned that around. It was a really really good game against Missouri for the betters, and the majority of the uh, special props that we put up uh, were winners. Uh, I think three of them was for no action because they didn't play. That's the benefit of, the, uh, of those props is if the, if the player doesn't enter the game, uh, we just we just void that bet out. And I think there were only three losers of, all, of the whole menu of props. So if you bet those props last uh, when I mean last week uh, against Missouri, you did pretty good on that. So and, and the and, and the and the betters really did need that because you know they kind of taken their lumps. Although the Ole Miss game, we actually had more money on. Uh, Old Miss than we did for Arkansas, and I don't remember seeing that uh, uh, at all since I, since we launched the the online bet Saracen. So that that was interesting, and the betters actually did well on that one too. You you hit on something that I, w- I want to open up a little bit. So when you're when you're setting lines for SEC basketball games, now you're just going by SEC statistics. You know, when I look at the baseball yeah. teams, I can only truly believe what I see out of the SEC stats. Because those are always the tougher teams that they play. And, I mean, heck, looking Absolutely. at the schedule for Arkansas basketball this year, you know, outside of outside of uh, Duke and a couple of others, I mean, you'd feel the exact same way. Is that the way you've always set odds? Uh, not necessarily. We have consensus odds and we have modeling. And as we have more games, we determine which model is more accurate for the team because you, you've got, you can weight it differently. So without getting too technical on all the other stuff, we, we've got a couple of different models. We weight them differently and we find the one that's best for the team. And sometimes we do have to change gear midseason like we did, uh, with Arkansas because the pro- if we would have gone full season, uh, averages uh, and, and weight them against the competition, 
it just wasn't it just doesn't look equitable to us and 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 and, and look i mean when we're setting these lines they got to be winnable uh to to keep your credibility so yeah we did change that and um you know and and like last week we i mean we lost our shorts on it so you know i mean you you take the good with the bad but you've got to make it equitable and be consistent and, and and like i said we will change gears mid season just just depending on what model that we have that, that that's getting it you know, getting closer or doing better. I'll put you on the spot for the for the Super Bowl here. Do you know how many prop bets you guys have for the Super Bowl? Because it's, it's you know what it's I think ton. it's already approaching a thousand. No, I, I think it's already over a thousand. Yeah. Uh, now the caveat is there, there's maybe not as many markets, but there's over a thousand selections that you can make um, on there. And, and, and just I mean, if you look, you know, you can you can basically we've got a market under the under the uh, on the on the specials where you. If you open it up, you can pick the, the ex- what, what the exact score of the game is, and, and those have some tremendous odds on them. Um, but you know, most people are kind of keen on the, on, on, the, on the on the traditional ones. Um, the coin toss is getting a little action. We've actually got that up with no juice on it, or what team's going to win the coin toss. But I mean, we could absolutely talk a week about these different props um, and, and what we're offering. And uh, the job of the sports better is is if you're if you know. Pick the one that you like first, and two is if you're a serious sports better and you get analytical, you search through and 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 find the one that you think we may have messed up on and go for it. So, but most people keep these props to around ten dollars. It's all friendly, and uh, and and you know we you do get a few bets on the props, but we will have more action on the individual props uh, than we will on the actual game outcome itself, and that's been the trend here lately. I went looking through it a little bit, and I didn't see any Taylor Swift props. There are some there are some sports books that have uh, have had some some yeah. prop bets on Taylor Swift. Are you planning any of these? And and how the heck do you even do you even set odds on some of these things? Really, you, really, we can't. You know, um, the, the way the Arkansas regulations is, is set up is is that um, it's, it specifically uh, prohibits um, political betting. But also, it says it's sports and 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 entertainment entertainment betting has not been approved and is not allowed per our regulations. Uh, and 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 the Taylor Swift props, uh, a huge argument could be made that those that's more of an entertainment prop than it is a sports betting prop. So we're kind of shying away from that. I don't know of any other books except maybe uh, there may be some in New Jersey because they do allow entertainment props. But the the book that I saw that had a few out there. That was a legal book, not an offshore book. There was a few in Canada, and of course, there's a bunch over in Europe, and they have much looser, looser regulations as far as that is concerned. So, uh, we don't can't do we can do entertainment, but one thing Arkansas did do is, is they did allow us to do uh, props on college players. So, and that's been a big part of our business, and, and basically our, our, our betting. Pl- I mean, our players have, have demanded it, and, 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 and it's worked well for us. Uh, last thing, uh, and back on Arkansas basketball here for a moment. Do you know what Arkansas's record is against the spread this year? I'm not asking as if I know. I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, I, I can't remember what it is right now, but I, 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 I will have to look real quick. Um, I might be able to find it in a minute, but uh, off the top of my head, I can't tell you what it is. I think, I think it's more. Um, I think it's more, and then they have not covered the spread more often. So, okay. uh, but I, I'll try to find that record here in a minute. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there, Neil. I'll, you text it to me, and I'll let people know what it is because I'm kind of kind of interested. In oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll do it on the bet Saracen lines too because sometimes okay. the lines wobble. But.
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We have Bubba Carpenter coming on in about 15 minutes. As long as he remembers how to get into the radio booth, he's going to be a little. He's going to be a little ticked at me, Matt. Um, I have removed all of the stars from Bubba's uh, hit kit wall here, and he has no idea. He spends he spends the entire baseball season. You know how I, in my scorebook. When somebody makes a great play in the field, and only when it comes to fielding, I'll put a star next to the number in the in the book so that I remember it was a great play. Two stars for an incredibly great play, three stars for a stupid best play I've ever seen. I've only put three stars in for one play before. So Bubba started asking for stars because he's needy. He needs attention, and he needs people to say nice things about him, I guess me mostly. So I've been giving him stars for the last couple of years. He puts them on the wall, and now his wall's empty, except for a bunch of holes where the pins were located. So I can't wait to see the look in his face when he realizes I've taken every star off his wall, Bubba. He might even cry. Just don't take the stars out of his eyes. He'll, he'll have them the minute he walks in here, for sure. Um, so now is the time to get in with us if you want. 877 Calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Stephen Fort Smith is up first. Steve, appreciate you calling halftime. What's going on? Hey, Phil. Uh, great to be on. Uh, February 16th, can not get here fast enough. <laughs> no kidding. Two weeks. Uh, like the number 14 no, today. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to the Super Conference thing, how do you think it will affect other college sports? Like, you know, obviously baseball and basketball and women's track and all, all the other things, because it's obviously being based just on football. But what I worry about is, is it, are, are we going to eliminate Omaha? Is the College World Series not going to exist anymore? Uh, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? You know, I, I mean, like, like regional time. Are yeah. the smaller schools not going to be part of the of the, the Super Conference tournament anymore? I mean, I love having NKIT come up here. Central Connecticut come up here. I mean, I mean, I just want your thoughts on on. You know, that and, you know, in the basketball tournament. Just how's it going to affect those other areas of college sports, not just football? Thanks, guys. You no, know, that's good. That's good questions. And, Matt, don't you feel them? I mean, all of these moves from one conference to another, all of the dollar figures that have been thrown out there in the last three, four years, renegotiated TV contracts. And really, too, when you look at the revenue and where the revenue comes in from for athletic departments, this is all about football and nothing about any of the other sports. Um, what's the one thing that people say the NCAA does well? 
It's not regulate. <laughs> it's not. It's not come across logically. It's run championships, and they do run the championships well. The baseball tournament, incredibly well run. The NCAA basketball tournament, you know what you think of it. It's a great event. Same with the women's side. All of the tournaments that they put on are fantastic. But if you break away from the NCAA, then does that mean that you no longer have an NCAA basketball tournament as we know it as March Madness? If two leagues are breaking away, well, what do the rest of the schools do? You know, I mean, do you have a national champion or do you have a national champion for a super league? Do you have a well, if you got thirty two teams for the others? If you got thirty two right now, then you'd have uh, you'd have the your opening weekend right there. You know, you just go to round two. That that that's your field right there. You know, you'd have a you maybe the regular season can mean something again. You know, maybe that that that'll Mm. matter a little bit. I mean, you got to think you got to think big in these moments because that's obviously what these two leagues are doing. You're thinking big about this. It's a, it's a, it feels like, and, and, you know, they haven't released any details as to what this is going to be like. It's like that night commission, you know, that how long ago was the night commission formed in order to study, uh, you know, ways to reform college athletics. So we knew when they, when they formed the group, it took them quite a while to release their findings. So now the, the group is formed, Big Ten and the, and the SEC, they're going to take some time, I guess, and they probably have already met before. I mean, it's, if this if this release is out today, well, then they've been meeting for probably a while. Uh, we just don't know any of the details. Heck, they probably don't know any details because what you're going to end up doing here is just completely reforming college sports in a way that nobody with the Knight Commission ever ever thought happened. And then at this point, you're probably also paying players directly from the school athletic departments, Matt. Like, if you want to get around NIL, <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. And at that point, your, your, your athletes are no longer, uh, we, we won't use the term student-athlete anymore. You just call them, you just call them player. You know, now they're, now they're employees. Do they go to school at that point? Man, I mean, I, think, I feel like we'll remember this day uh, for at least when the announcement came out. But he's right, you know. Steve was right. If... If, if, you, if you have a different championship for basketball, well, you can't call it March Madness. I mean, you can still have a tournament. You can have the baseball, you can have a, a college baseball tournament, but you can't have it in Omaha because the NCAA owns, owns the rights to College World Series. They've got the contract with the people that run the College World Series in Omaha. So you've got to find somewhere else to do it, and it won't include all the teams. This is a lot to wrap your mind around, Matt. I mean, it's huge because it all feels like it's about football. You got all these other sports that also um, t- depend on some sort of governance of some kind, and just feels like they're not being thought about. Yeah, it's going to be a, a true minor league system. I mean, that's that's just what it is. You're you're going to have to have, uh, have probably have some type of union. Uh, you, you know, if you're going to cap it, if you're going to have a salary cap or something, but you're going to have to. There's a lot of a lot of wheels and motions. A lot of things are changing. The landscape is totally different. That's that's that, and they're not they're not putting the ketchup back in the bottle, so to speak. I mean, they're 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 moving full steam ahead, even if it's dark out there and they don't really know where they're going. They think they can see a little light, and, it, and the the light's very green. A lot of a lot of money in the situation. Man, it just feels we're about to enter this this new era of college athletics in, in, in which 
You know, the SEC and the, well, you don't need me to describe it all. You know what's gone on in the last three years. And this was the this is the year where now you're starting a 12-team tournament and you start to get used to new leagues and, and the largesse of them. But how long will this era last? You know, with, with these two giant leagues getting together and meeting and maybe taking over, uh, you know, some form of college athletics and leaving some of the others behind, Maybe this current era or the new era of college sports or college football lasts <laughs> two, three years. You know, that, that's why you see a guy like um, Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, who over the last three years left Kentucky, took a job with the Rams. Was he with the Rams when they won the Super Bowl? I think he was. And then comes back to Kentucky for a year. And now he's going to be hired by the Bucks as the offensive coordinator there. The one that really stands out, Matt... So I brought up Jeff Halfley, the Boston College coach, yesterday, and nobody really worries about Boston College football. And, it, and you know, UCLA football isn't some behemoth, but <laughs> they're about to join the Big Ten, and money's not a problem there in, in a lot of cases, um, at least not for athletics. But uh, Chip Kelly, who is slated to make over $6 million as UCLA's head football coach this year, is doing everything he can, according to the reports that you read, to get an offensive coordinator job in the NFL. You know, he, I think he was interviewed by Antonio Pierce with the Raiders. Uh, it's been reported he's got interest in the Commanders. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out for him as a head coach in the NFL, but he's also not going to be making $6 million as an offensive coordinator with any, well, with any NFL team. I'm sure by now he's made plenty of money, but... I mean, it'd be, you'd be taking a pretty heavy pay cut to go from head coach in the Big Ten to offensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah, I think they. I think Bellamy's still with the Redskins. I would see him him staying there. Um, Chip Kelly, man, what was that? Seventeen years ago, he had it going on. When was it? The Eagles for a little bit. Was it Oregon before that? Uh, him and Malzahn. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's pretty good. Well, if I was a college coach and I feel like I've made my money, I'd be running for the hills for something that feels like it's got structure that's going to stick. And the structure of college sports right now is not about to stick at all. Well, you're not. He's not worried about his paycheck, though. That's that money's coming in. There's more money than they know what to do with. That's the whole the whole thing. Then why then why then why try to work in the NFL now? Stability. Maybe a little chaotic in the in the NCA. That's the whole point. That's this. That's the structure I'm talking about. The stability of the NFL. It's not like college athletics is going away, but man, it is morphing into something that we have no idea what it looks like. We'll know what the NFL looks like in three or four years. Heck, you probably know what it's going to look like in 15 years. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. 
Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody case, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. He did make it into the radio booth. I would usually bring him in on the McClarty Daniel hotline, but <clears throat> I guess that makes his chair the McClarty Daniel hotline right now. Bubba Carpenter is in the radio booth with me here at Bone Walker Stadium on a bright, sunny Friday. Bubba, we just got to bottle up this weather for uh, two weeks from today. You look good. How you doing? Good, Phil. Good to see you. It's good to be here. I, I miss this view right here. It's beautiful with my little one-third of the booth. You, I love it. You, you'll, you'll get. I'll give you a. I'll give you maybe <laughs> maybe half the booth once the season starts here. I'm nice to my partners though. Just ask Matt Jones. Oh, you're the best. That's that's why I show up every day. Never had to steal anything from him though. Are you okay that I took all your stars off the wall? No, I about wrecked driving over here when I heard you say that. Oh, he's he was he was he was pissed about it, man. I was texting you. He sent me three <laughs> angry face emojis when I talked about taking his stars off the wall. You're way too needy. Was this two seasons worth of stars or hey, just one? A lot of hard work in those stars, Phil. You just took them away like it was nothing. A lot of great analysis, huh? There was a lot of great analysis right there. It's okay. You'll be able to you'll be able to get all of these back by the time SEC play starts. Right, I'll earn them back. You just keep begging for them, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to beg this year. I'm fun. done begging. They're like the stickers they put on their helmets on the football thing. You yeah. get a little reward every time, yeah. For yeah. Explosive plays. You worked hard for those, didn't you, back that, in the day, Matt? That's right. You got the t- you got the stickers on the helmet, right, Matt? You know, I don't think they start. I, we didn't do that uh, at, at the University of Arkansas. They uh, at the time, I think they maybe uh, Coach Bielema might have started doing some of that. Okay, uh, you ever get? Uh, I'm sure Norm wasn't handing out stickers for the helmets. No, no stickers back in the day. <laughs> Definitely no stickers. We with, got attaboys for doing what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> exactly. Attaboy. Yeah. You were supposed to do it. You're expected. That's right. Did Norm give you an attaboy, or did he just kind of like lose the snarl for a moment? Just lost the snarl. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I think I got a high five every once in a while. You know, it was really fun earlier, Bubba. I didn't even realize this was happening until I show up. I'm setting up the stuff, and then I, I start to realize there's some you know, bigger bodies that are out there that are that are warming up, and then they start coming on here for a live round of batting practice with former Arkansas pitchers against former Arkansas hitters. I saw some fun matchups there, some really fun matchups. Cody Scroggins versus Dominic Fletcher and Heston Kerstad. Zach Jackson against both those guys and Michael Turner. Uh, Jacob Kostyshock against Grant Cook and Tavian Josenberger. And it's like it's like all our greatest hits. Wow. So who won? Who won? Who won the bat? Heston. Pitch. Heston had to have won a, one of those. The pitchers. Oh, they did. The pitchers. Most. Did you yeah. ever find at this point of the year, pitchers or hitters are usually ahead? What oh, they're think? way ahead. The pitchers are. Yeah, hitters are or the pitchers are way ahead. We'd go to spring training. We'd do pitchers BP, and they'd carve us up first few days. It was always rough. Yeah. Well, that was fun to watch them. Uh, Heston. I think Heston is going the route of Samson. Yeah, he, he hadn't had a, a haircut in a while. It's, it's not it's not too far from his shoulders. Yeah, I saw that. It's, it's a different look for him. Much different look for him. Heston can wear his hair. The way he hits it, he can wear his hair any way he wants. That's a good point. That's a good point. Did you ever have, um, did Norm have rules for facial hair? 
I don't know. I couldn't grow it back then, so uh, it, never, it was never a topic. Did you? Now, were there rules? Were there Coach, rules? Uh, Coach David Lee said, "I don't want any quarterbacks looking like Abraham Lincoln." <laughs> so no stovepipe hats in practice. We, right? uh, we, they, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I've seen some teams that uh, that will, you know, you're allowed to have facial hair, but only to the corners of the mouth. No beard, no nothing of that like that. I mean, when you played for the Yankees organization, Bubba, it's like you better shave every day. Oh, we had the shave police. You had to shave every day. The hair had to be cut above the collar. No earrings. I know that was no a earrings. problem for you. No, no earrings. Nose rings. No. Nose rings. Couldn't have them. Couldn't wear shorts to the ballpark. Had to wear a collared shirt everywhere you went. Bubba, how, how many home runs did you have, and who was your who was your favorite pitcher to go against when you played in the in, in the bigs? My favorite pitcher. As far as facing them? Yeah, like, like in the, when you were in the batter, batter's box. Did you have somebody where you kind of like, I think I can get a hit off this guy? Um, I will tell you, I loved facing Kerry Wood Okay, back in the day. I really did. And he would he, throw some gas, huh? Yeah, he was really good, but there was something about facing him. I saw the ball well against him, and it was just the fact that he was Kerry Wood that kind of got you fired up a little bit. He had a nasty curveball, too. A, yeah, nasty curveball. Was that 21, 21 strikeouts in his debut with the Cubs? Was that right, or was that that same season? I was was that his that rookie, was his rookie year? year? I think yeah. That was uh, I, I missed that game by one day. I was at Wrigley Field the night before. I was at Milwaukee County Stadium the night that he threw that he struck out those. Was it? I think it was a twenty or twenty one. I forget the number. I think it was twenty one. Mm-hmm. Didn't he tied he tied Clemens' record? Didn't he? No, he surpassed Clemens' record. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Clemens had the longer career though. He had some vitamins that helped him out. I don't know if allegedly. I'd say the vitamins. Did you see? Did you guys see about this enhanced games that um, I saw was released yesterday? Some in, some information about this. This apparently is like a group of of, of investors that are putting together um, like an Olympic style games of athletes taking PEDs. <laughs> this is like this is where it's all okay. It's. Um, it's it's the the vitamin games if you want to call it that. Would you be interested in watching something like that? No, I don't think that would do much. You for still me. want like, to watch talent, right? Like you don't you don't care if they're bi- if they have bigger muscles. You, like they have to be kind of good at their craft. They gonna bring Barry Bonds back? Just uh, have a batting <laughs> practice round with him, right? He looks a little different than he did yeah. about twenty years ago. He doesn't does he? look a little bit different. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder how that happened. But yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing about this. There's. They're trying to put this uh, this plan together for for like an Olympic style games based on on enhanced athletes. So what sport? Like all sports? I don't know if you can do it like with, with team sports, but I think it's going to be you know a lot of track and field competitions, that kind of thing. I'd be a little frightened. I thought the American Gladiators already did that. Yeah, I was going to say I'd be a real, I'd be a little bit frightened of like a of like a com, of, of a combat competition and something like that. You know, you could you have boxing with uh, enhanced athletes. I don't even want to use the term enhanced because it's a different thing than enhanced. But I guess it's a level playing field if everybody's using something, yeah, right? I guess so. Kind of be, goes back to the, the to the nineties, just about in baseball. Yeah, that's one of know? the things about that era that you have trouble wrapping your mind around, though. How many of these? At bats, were you know pitchers using something against a hitter using something? Probably a lot more than we thought. There's a lot more than you thought was going on. There really is. What do you think about the Hall of Fame? Should those guys be in the Hall of Fame? You know, I've I've, I've tried to think about this in a nuanced way because it's a baseball museum, so you got to have the history of the game there and be open about it. But then, really, the Hall of Fame is two things. There's the museum side, and then there's the Hall of Fame side. And they do tell the story in the museum side of the of the steroid era and everything that went around that. I, I just have trouble with 
like an owner like Bud Selig, who was a, who was the the commissioner at the time, he knew what was going on. He very well knew what was going on. He was also the commissioner when they killed the World Series and nearly killed the game. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? So if he's allowed to be in the Hall of Fame, and all these owners who knew what was going on but didn't but looked the other way because it was good for attendance, good for TV ratings, they get to sell the teams and make their money, and yet it's the players, it's the players whose uh, legacies are tainted, not the owners, not the commissioner. Yeah, I think I, I think the whole thing. I, it's I go back and forth on it, and and I see some of the guys that aren't in, and then some of the guys that are in that everyone knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, man. I go back and forth on it, and then, and you talk about the the Bohannon gambling thing, Alabama coach, and then you think about you know Pete Rose. Should Pete Rose be in? Um, and you and I probably disagree on that. I think he should be. 4,000-something hits he ought to be in. Oh, just trouble with the manager that was betting on a team at any at any point. He would have gotten a 15-year show call. You got more than a 15-year show call. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, man. They did. They stuck it to him. Did you see some of the texts that they were sending to each other, yeah, too? I heard about it. That's just craziness. You're, you you think there was something going on in Bohannon's mind last year. Do you remember his ejection here at Baumwalker? Yeah. Maybe he, looked, it was, he was one of the most foolish things I'd ever seen a head coach do, and it's different than if you just get into an umpire's face, kick some dirt, you know, pull a base off and everything. That's performative, and it's something that's towards an umpire, which I guess we just sort of accept. But the way he acted going into the dugout by mimicking the hog call and just kind of the look on his face there, there was something going on in his mind last year that i don't think his that anybody was aware of yeah there might have been some performance enhancement going on there he little <laughs> roid rage or something but you're right he didn't act like a typical sec coach i mean you know compare i i, I compare everyone to dvh which probably isn't fair you know because he's he's a different level but can you imagine dvh ever doing anything like that i mean i've seen him get pretty fired up but only towards an umpire yeah. or only towards you know one of his own players that wouldn't get a bunt down or something like that never saw him act like um like an ass i guess yeah. in front of in front of opposing fans can you say ass i just did <laughs> i just i i the, the fact that he mocked the hog call here in our ballpark in our home ballpark it's just a, it's crazy to me you know, no respect at all if he would have done horns down at texas if he would have done that he probably would have been kicked out of the league for a whole year <laughs> <laughs> hey texas better toughen up if they're gonna come into this league they're gonna Good change grief. the team name from the longhorns <laughs> to the snowflakes yeah seriously they're gonna need their little safe space here in the sec somewhere we get a little <laughs> snowflake logo and burnt orange for them we could do that i think that would fit really well <laughs> going to be a good baseball team this year right now we go in every year just expecting they're going to be good when you look at what they got uh i think they're going to be really good i mean it's it just doesn't stop phil i mean the arms that that we have in the bullpen the starters you look at the lineup there's gonna be guys sitting on the bench that should be playing they Mm -hmm. can start on other sec teams i mean it's crazy it's you know competition is good and there's a ton of competition right now for those a few of those starting roles are they going to be able to hit enough? I got the, we, we're pretty confident in the pitching. Um, there, there are, I guess you'd say, unknowns as far as the hitting is concerned just because some of them haven't hit in the SEC yet. You know, thinking of a, of a Jack Wagner or Vahiva Aloy. Uh, you know, you got a couple of SEC transfers that have come in from Missouri, but you think they're going to hit? I think they're going to. I've, I've watched their swings. Um and they just and I've watched them face our pitching staff, which is one, the one of the best in the country. 
Um, now, they may be peeking at that little armband that they're wearing. I don't know, but there's there's some pretty good swings going on. I've seen a lot of balls hit really hard. I just think that uh, if you look up and down the lineup, we're not going to have a lot of weak links this year, one through nine. Yeah, there were some open spots in the lineup last year, right? Yeah, there were. You know, shortstop, catcher. I don't, I don't know if I see an open spot in the lineup right now. I don't. And, you know, you look at, like, even, even Parker Rowland, you know, offensively, defensively, I mean, he had a great year. Without him, we wouldn't have won a lot of games. Just what he brought behind the plate. But offensively this year, he's got a different mindset. You know, you and I talked the other day about the ball he hit over off of Faherty. First pitch fastball, he hit it over the Hunt Center in the Fall World Series. I mean, he wouldn't have done that last year. He, he rarely swung O-O. But he's just got a different mind. He's the hunter up there right now, and he's been swinging it really well, had a good fall early spring. And so, you know, he's a different guy, but there's a lot of competition for those catching spots right now. We have four guys that can rake. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's for who you're talking about. Who do you think is going to rake? Well, you got White. Um, um, let me go over the list right here. Hudson White uh, can rake. Um, Hudson Polk had a great, great fall. Um, he's another good one. You've got. Uh, You've got the freshman, um, Heflick, Helflick, Helfrick, Helfrick. I tell you what, I love the way I love his approach at the plate. He crushes the ball. Um, DVH was talking in the dugout the other day during in between innings. He threw it in one nine down the second between innings. One nine, one nine, pretty impressive. Right on the bag. Um, they really like him. He's a freshman, you know. So, but there's a lot of competition right now. So it'll be interesting to see in, what ends up happening, you know. And and you know, White was more of a offensive catcher. You know, that was the perception of him. He's worked really hard on his defense. Um, so he's better behind the plate right now. So it, there's a lot of competition. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But there's several positions right now, I guess, that you can consider sort of open. You know, so we'll see what happens. What do you look at third base, left field? That's pretty much the only ones I think. I think so. I think uh, I think third base. I, re- I think when it comes down to it, it's going to be Peyton Hold. I think I mean, you got to have Peyton in the lineup. I love that kid. He's a spark plug. Even when he wasn't playing last year, you heard me talk about it all the time. It's like we got to find a way to get him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think left field. I think it's Jason Jones's position to lose. I think we want his bat in the lineup. Um, I compare him and left field kind of like Kendall Diggs last year. He's learning to play left field. I think last year Kendall Diggs was was learning to play right field. Um, you know, and, and I think right now Jason Jones, I think a lot of it, if his bat, if he does the job with his bat that we know he's capable of doing, I think he'll be the starting left fielder. You mentioned Holt. This is something that Matt and I have hit on a little bit with the other sports, and, and, and maybe it's a, a little bit of a different approach here. Um, Holt, I think, could be the only regular for this team that's from the state of Arkansas. He's from Greenwood. You know, I think that's it as far as the position players are concerned. You know, Matt has hit on the idea that football's had some trouble keeping some of the best players in the state. Basketball, well, I mean, a couple years ago you got you got one of your best in the state, one of the best in the country in Nick Smith. Um, you know, but there are some kids uh, in state that, that end up somewhere else. Um, Arkansas fans connect to the kids that are from Arkansas. And there's just there's an energy that they that they that they play with. That's one of the things about Peyton Holt that I felt stood out. Yeah, he'll produce, but there's the way that he plays, and I think it's an instant connection to fans. Now you're going to connect to people who produce, but it certainly helps when he's a kid who's who's from your home state. I think so, but I, I tell you what, he could be from he could be from Oregon, and you would you would 
you would just be attracted to him the way he plays. But I do, I, I get your point right there, the fact that he's from Greenwood. And there's something about those Greenwood kids. I tell you what, they play with a little different edge to them, I think, even on the youth level. I love kids from Greenwood. But when Peyton Holt, he just he just brings that spark to the lineup that I think you need. You need that energy guy. And there he is, he's taking his hacks right now as, yep. they, as they get set for this scrimmage today. So the, the, when you look at Peyton, he was a little tightly bound last year at all those muscle strains do you see do you see any change in his body maybe it's too far up here to be able to tell we got to get up close his flow looks good he's got a little more a little more hair coming out of that hat i'm just jealous of that, <laughs> truthfully <laughs> i tell you what i saw him i saw him last friday and he looks awesome up close i mean you look at several of these guys hunter bell's done a great job the strength coach he's done a great job with these guys they are solid uh, they're put together well. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, you can tell they've worked hard this off season, and Peyton's worked really hard on his body and his strength, and uh, I, I think he's going to have a huge year this year. We bubble wrapping the starting pitchers until the uh, start of SEC play. It's I mean, people you're just worried about it, but that's just because pitchers get hurt. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, if they stay you hate healthy, that I even brought it up. I know, Dan, because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm my superstitions, but I tell you, if you look at our three starters, wow. I'm pretty impressed. I haven't seen anything like it in the ten years I've been here. Never. I mean, I mean, how? Uh, very rarely do we come into a season and we know our three guys going in. You know, typically that Sunday guy, we're not, not real sure. Saturday, maybe we know. Um, but this is ridiculous. I mean, they're they're all three really good. I got a chance to see Molina pitch the other day. I know you did also. Mm-hmm. Um, looks really good. Ton of carry on that fastball. He threw a couple of fastballs with 25 inches of carry on it. Wow. Induced vertical break. I mean, that ball just it defies gravity. Almost like a Matt Cronin fastball. Remember how guys used to swing under his fastball? Yeah. And he what he Molina's good at, he can come back with that changeup. Yeah, he's and, a top to down yeah, kind of a pitcher. And guys just don't hit his changeup. Hmm. How's the shoulder feeling? Matt, he's got a Bubba had shoulder surgery recently, so I got something I can make fun of him for at least. What are you going to wear? How long are you going to be wearing this uh, this sling? Well, f- yesterday was my first day of uh, physical therapy, so I got to step up therapy so I can carry my bat opening day. So I got to I got to increase uh, therapy a little you bit. You tell me there was a chance that you wouldn't have been standing next to me holding a bat in a threatening way? I still have a good hand. I got <laughs> <laughs> This one works. But, um, but yeah, so um, I'll, I'll have this thing off here in a couple of weeks. We'll be good to go, Phil. By opening day, I'll be ready. Matt, is there is a producer in studio ever stand next to you with a bat in a threatening way? It makes you feel that if you say the wrong thing, he's going to do something with it? It is a, it is a crustable, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Matt associates you with the Uncrustables for very good reason. Uncrustables. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll, we'll have our snacks. We'll have our Scooby snacks. You'll get maybe your first start of the season if I'm feeling generous in a couple of weeks. I'm going to bring my A-game, Phil. Glad to see you up here, Bubba. Good to see you. Love you, buddy. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.